ברוכים הבאים בשם השם, ברכנוכם בבייס השם. Welcome to the weekly Wednesday night share. Heard every week this time. Welcome back, actually. Since we unfortunately have been out of commission for two weeks, not unfortunately, but due to Yom Tevim. A lot has happened, transpired since the last year. First, we'd like to, of course, dedicate this year for Rafur Shalema, for Eliza Shlamas Bracha Bas Rachel Hinda. Unfortunately, she um, got a partner. Um, very recently, as of last week, a woman with very dire need of a refuah shleim as well, Miriam Bracha Baschana. May they both have refuah shleim akreva in a miraculous fashion. Because unfortunately, they're both in that type of predicament where they both need major miracles. But Hashem is capable of everything. Hashem Zakol Yacho. And there's no reason that he should not be able to send these mothers of children a speedy recovery. Unfortunately, on a more personal basis, the last two weeks over Yamtiv. We also had losses. We'd like to dedicate also to the Ilanishma son, to the memories of my uncle, my father's older brother, Zal, And to a person that we refer to as uncle, Yecheskel Ezra Ben Gabriel Yaakov. Also, passed away this past week, my uncle on the first days of Sukkot, and Yecheskel Ezra, or Uncle Gilbert, on Eshan It's only proper to say a few words. Obviously, we're not going to make hespedim. Not going to eulogize, especially since it's not really in the gear to this year. It has no relevance to this year. The common denominator between the two, although one was born in Sands, Poland, and one in Rangoon, Burma, was their devotion, their dedication. When they put themselves, when they applied themselves to something, they went all the way out, all the way through. 
whether it was with my uncle Yechiel teaching me for my mitzvah 40 plus years ago whether it was Uncle Gilbert coming here to put nails in the pieces of wood to cover up holes in my walls in my house determined people dedicated, loving, caring so yes, basically they are the traits of the Jew but these people definitely were exemplary in these items, exemplary in what in doing this, both my uncle, both as known as uncles to us. Let us go to the happier note, although that we don't talk about the happy parishes until Avram Avino, until we start living with Avram, but we do start ultimately at the end of our parsha. The mention is made of Avram Avino, of the birth. Of Avram. So Pashas Noyach though starts with a praise of a person as well, also almost sounding like a eulogy. These are the children of Noyach. Noyach Ish Sadik Tomim Hoya Bederesav. Rashi says that Noyach was an Ish Sadik. But Bidayraisov in his generation. And Rashi says that that's not necessarily a compliment. Rashi says it could mean also a bit of cynicism or criticism that yes, he was a tzaddik in his generation, but had he been in the generation of Avramavinu, he may not have been considered a tzaddik. Now, it's an awkward statement, actually, because the bottom line is, when we evaluate the tzaddik, the evaluation of the tzaddik, of course, is on his own merit, on what kind of person the person is. And therefore, if he's a tzaddik, then he's righteous. And he does what he has to do. If he's not a tzaddik, he's not righteous, then he wouldn't be righteous in any generation. So truthfully, it's a play on words, but yet it's factual. It also uses a lesson, a life lesson, saying that one needs to be a tzaddik in his generation. One needs to strive to do and be the best that they can be, the best that they can do in their time, in their era, in their generation. So that whoever it is that looks to them and looks at them and inquires, follows, and beseeches their help, or their advice, sees that they're trying their hardest. Are they a tzaddik? Are they righteous? Not necessarily. 
but we know they are trying their hardest. They will have shortcomings, they will have bumps in the road, they will have times where things are not 100%. The Gemara, for those keeping score at home, in the Sanhedrin, starting with the Mishnah, on Kuvzayin Amid Beis, 107, side 2. Dissects our Parsha. It goes all the way for a full blot, and it's a very large blot, because it's a Gadata, basically, meaning that it's not any deep Gemara. And it goes over to discussing Deir Hamabu. The Mishnah mentions many things, but begins with Deir Hamabu, the generation of the flood did not have a new portion of the world to come. They aimed in Bedin, and they don't stand in Din. The Mishnah then goes on to mention other people, other generations that ran into the same predicament, the same issue, the same problem. After the Mishnah, the Gemara begins to dissect the problems and the issues that took place with the Dera Mabel. And then the Gemara goes to the actual, as we quoted before the first Pasuk, the righteousness of Nayach. Where the Gemara tells us that Neach separated himself from the people. Yasser of Dimi came and said, Amara Kadosh Baruch Hu, Yafa Sisi, Shitikanti, Lehem Kivarez Baaretz. This is talking about another thing, I'm sorry, this is talking about the generation still. In his generation, and culture came of course in other generations. Amram Chanina. Now now describes part of this Machlekes. Moshul de Rabbi Yechanan, this concept that Rabbi Yechanan says that he would be in his generation but not in the other generation, a tzaddik, 
Lemad Avar Deimah, what is it compared to? And he says, Lechavis Sheyayin Sheyisum Menachas Bemartav Shalchemetz. A barrel of wine that's put into a a mart a a cellar full of vinegar. In its place, in that space where everything else smells so foul, it smells beautifully. But on the outside, not necessarily. What is the shlokish referring to? It's Lucas shall politen. She says, "Menachas mokim hatenuf hatenefes." We came a reicha nedef bekoshkim mokim abases. Mokim abases, a plate of night of pleasant spices. Wherever you're going to put it, it'll always smell nicely. The Gemara goes on and describes and dissects each and every concept that goes on throughout this Pasha. Why the Mabel? The interviews? The confrontations? What took Nayak 120 years to build an, a, a Teva? The world was about to be destroyed, obliterated and drowned. This table was officially being built to save the world. 120 years? But the fact is, he was alone. He had to do this all himself. And for those of you keeping track of what the Torah tells us, Nech was 600 years old. Not bad for a 600 year old to build an edifice the size of this table. If you look in the Pasuk, Describes to you how large the dimensions, of the, ta- the dimensions of the table, the ark is. To have done it only 120 years—that's pretty good stuff. Halavai, every 600-year-old can, can do that. Should merit to be that. We won't say what Yechon and Gordon said. Ultimately, the Gemara goes on to describe what we're going to go into, which is Tzehar Tasa Lateva. Amri Devei Reb Shila. Reb Ada said, as some say, the Yeshiva of Reb Shila said, I'm sorry, that's the Tevis that's okay for it. Tsehar Tasa the Teva, says the Gemara. Bosik says, a Tsehar should be made for the Teva. I'm not translating the word Tsehar for a reason, which we will later, which we're going to be discussing this evening. Amrab Yechiran, Rabbi Yechiran said, what was the Tsehar? The Almighty said to Neach, Put beautiful stones It should shine like midday. Now needless to say, we need something, they needed something in the Teva that shone the whole 24 hours? 
No, they needed the animals to go to sleep. They needed to get dark eventually. But we're not going to discuss that particular part. One more part of the Gemara I'd like to just bring down before we continue back into the actual explanation of this Pasuk Tzeha Tatsala Teva. Tanarabanan. Whoops, wrong one. Vayishlach es hayena. They sent out the dove. Mitev mimlides akalu hamayim. To see if the water had demised. Amr Rabbi Yirmiya. Rabbi Yirmiya says, Mikan, from here we learn, Shedirasa shalayfais, Tehidim im tzadikim. Okay. Behine alayzai is teref pefiya, though. We learned here from that the tzadikim can get along with the dwellings of the birds. But the next part of the Pasuk says that the bird, the Yonah, goes out. The dove goes out on its mission and returns with Alezayis Teref Bifiyah, an olive branch. The famous dove with the olive branch returns to the Teva. Why an olive branch? What was the message? The message ultimately was, look, the world is dry, and this olive branch is protruding. And because it's protruding, I nipped it and returned with it to show you life as the world is existing. But says, Amr Abelazar, Abelazar says, Amr Yoyna Lefneha Kodesh Baruch the Yonah, the Dove, said to Hashem, said to the Almighty. Ribayna Shalaylam, Master of the Universe, the olive is not sweet. Olive branch isn't any sweeter. But he's returning with this olive branch from God. Why? Let my sustenance, my existence, be as bitter as olive. But rather given over totally into your hands. Don't make it as sweet as honey. And put me over into the hands of the feet of the person. My mashma says the Gemara. What is this coming to let us know? The high tarif Lishna the Mizainehu. When we say the word Taref, Taraf Taraf, later we're going to find when the, bur- the brothers come down to Joseph, they're looking for food. Ach Taref Taraf. Also using the word Taref, referring to food, to sustenance. 
the bird, the Yonah. Procure a brilliant lesson to all of us. Mm. I need to be supported. Yes, I need food. I need livelihood. Let that, says the Yonah, only come from you, Almighty God. Never should it ever have to come from a person, from the boss of Adam. This should be the attitude of each and every one of us. I would rather have a meager, not so sweet livelihood coming from God Himself than the sweeter and the plentiful coming from the hand of man. And this is a prayer that we all say all old times. It said as well in the minor lashon when we say the in the we go to daven by kvarim by kibrit tzadikim by the ale. We say there as well that it should not be our our support should come only from God's hand and not from the hand of pe- people because they are so bitter. Let us return now to the actual subject matter, although this Shabbos, besides being Pashas Neach, is Rishchidosh, there are two days Rishchidosh, Friday and Shabbos. This Shabbos is the most confusing for those people that like to daven for the Amid, those who like to lead the congregation, like to be the Chazan and Shul. They don't know if they should ask for Shachras or if they should ask for Musaf. Shachras has Halal and the Musaf has Atta Yitzavta. So ideally, of course, they would like to be asked to daven both. But unfortunately, or fortunately rather, they don't get that option. Unless God forbid someone has yet said. Okay, let us return to the Pasha itself. The famous medish of the planting of the vineyard. Please look to the archives of Pasha's Neach. Unless time permits us, then we'll try to repeat it tonight. The Pasha told us, as we said before, Tzayhar Tasselatevo. He's told Nayak to make a teva. He is given the dimensions which the teva should be. But not much more of instruction in the teva itself, aside for this tsayhar being put into the teva. This is chapter 6, verse 16. Rashi explains. Now remember, please. Rashi says, I only want to give you the simplest explanation 
the Ben Chomish, the Mikra understands. Looking at the face value of the Pasuk, what the Pasuk is going to teach me. I must warn, there may be a problem with tonight's broadcast. It might come in two parts. Because I'm afraid the battery is going to not last through the first, through the entire hour. And if I have to change batteries, then it will be two parts to the sheer online. Tzayhar says Rashi, as it's explaining Rashi's, as we said, it's explaining the simple explanation. What is Tzayhar? Yesh Eimrim. There are those that say that the Tzayhar means a window, Chalein. Yesh Eimrim. And there are those that say Evan Teva Hamira Lahem. A beautiful stone that lit it up for them. Now, if you recall, we quoted the Gemara before as saying Tsehar is Avanim Umargolias. Avanim Tevais Umargolias. Beautiful stones and pearls. We will soon come to the logistics or the actual explanations as we said before when I didn't translate the word Tsohar for a good reason. places we explain when Rashi brings down two opinions it is understood that they are both necessary to understand the explanation they both fit into the criteria of Shuta Mikra the simple explanation of the Pasuk So therefore, when Rashi says, Yesh Eimim V'Yesh Eimim, he is telling us there are two opinions, two explanations, and therefore each of the two explanations is relevant for us to understand how this is going to work out. And that one cannot be understood with the other, without the other. And of course, we also have to understand Rashi is ultimately putting the two explanations. He's telling us first the window and then the stone. So which one is more important? A window in the Teva. 
He put a window in the Teva. No, here's the Ark going out to, to, to war, to the battle zones. The Ark is going to float against the flood and save its, its inhabitants. And it has a window for light. Rashi explains later on chapter 8, verse 22. There are seasons of the year, according to the secular seasons. There's the summer, spring, the spring, summer, fall, and winter. According to Kufus of the Teda, the Zera, Kotzir, Kerl, Chaim, Kayetz, Chedev. Which are six. Each one is approximately two months. Regardless, Leish Beisum. During the time of the Mabel, there were no seasons. There was nothing. Throughout the Mabel, these Mazalas, this whole existence of time, did not come about. There was no day, there was no night. So then how can you tell me that Teva make a window for the Teva was referred to so that should be light going in if there was no light. There was no light to bring in. There are those that want to say, when Rashi says the Mazal is Shimshu, all the days of the Mabul, it refers to only the 40 days, the first 40 days when it was raining. It's 40 days on the land. After that, though, the Mazal and everything else, the seasons came back. In that case, the seasons came back and there was day and there was night and there was sun and there was moon, etc. Then the Tsayar being a window would have helped. You want to tell me though for 40 days they didn't have any light? For the first 40 days it was dark on the on the ark? It's a little bit difficult to understand. On the other hand, let us say there was an Evan Teva Amir Allahim. There was a beautiful, brilliant stone that was shining and that lit up the entire ark. <laughs> In America, you'd say it doesn't float the boat either. Because Tsehar is Lashin Yachid, singular, Tsehar. And Rashi also says Lashin Yachid. Singular, a window or a stone. How would 
the entire ark be lit up by this one window, by this one stone. Remember the dimensions of the ark. 300 long, 300 amas, 300 cubics long, 50 wide, 30 high. This is a monstrosity. One window, really. One stone. And we know another thing. There was another insertion that he was told to put into the ark. Kinim Tasas Hateva. And Rashi explains, Madurim Madurim Lechol Behema There was a little section divided off for each Behema and Chaya. So although yes, there was the concept of the tranquility at the time of Mashiach, where the wolf and the lamb lie together, but the essence, the animals had themselves their own quarters. If that's the case, then how does the one window shine into all the windows, all the rooms? Or the one stone, for that matter. But if you say there's one stone, it might be more feasible because we move the stone along. Took the stone from quarter to quarter, room to room. As they fed them, whatever, they took care of them. But it says that the entire table was lit up. The entire table was lit up. How could it have been in one shot from one stone or one window? It's brought down that the truth is love dafke. Not necessarily was it one window. It could have been many windows. The Pusik does not want to elaborate. The Pusik therefore shortens the expression and says in a singular form. And Timima brings down it says, When Yaakov confronts Esav, he says, I have a shir and a chamer. He had many oxen, many donkeys. Why does he use the singular form? He says, I have these breeds. I have ox, I have donkey. Many different ones, but I have the categories. So here as well, by saying Chaloin, by saying Evan, it could be referring to many windows or many different stones. And as we quoted before from the Gemara, from the Talmud that says in Sanhedrin, on 108 side 2, that when it refers to Tzayar, he says, Avonim Teveis the Talmud says, Many stones, many pearls. Rashi doesn't use that word, he says one stone. And he says everything, because Tsehad 
is a Lashon Yachid, is singular. Therefore he refers to it as one stone, he doesn't say many stones, although the Gemara uses that. There's a beautiful ex- commentary on the Teda, the Chaskuni. And he says, according to the simple word Sehar, what do we see, where do we find that word Sehar? The word Yitzhar. So has the, the root for the word Yitzhar. Yitzhar is oil. Shemen. Oil that's used when he says Sehar, Tasa He's referring to oil lamps. They had oil lamps, which they lit up the table with. And the Mila is? This is water. This is Zaza. Although this is very understood, since we're in the predicament here, how could one window or one stone have illuminated the entire place? But if you want to say it was oil, that could mean oil lamps all over the Teva. Now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> But you know something? How can you say Tzerah means Yitzhar? The Tzerah says Tzerah Ta'ase La Teva. Make it for Teva. It's not created. It's make it on. Build it on it. It doesn't ta- make that much sense. So Yeah. See, Correct. So there he says the simple explanation is a window. Rashi says the two explanations, a window or stones. But the question, why doesn't Rashi at least bring it down? He's telling the other two explanations. Say it says also. A third explanation. What's the question you're asking? How could one window light up the whole arc? Or if it was not a window, if it was a stone, what the one stone light up the whole arc. It wasn't like a chandelier. No. And was even though, how big of a chandelier could it have been, the animals, each one, had their own quarters, their own rooms. It's expensive, Mr. Kikila, no? Same Tzohar was in the, the part of Akshverosh. I don't know. Yes, but it was a different type. There were many of them. Where? Here, the part of When the Almighty commands Neach to build the Teva, He didn't give him all the directions. He didn't give him the whole blueprint. And we find actually that Nayak didn't follow a blueprint from God. Or what? 
need a cup. Show me a good cup. Because we find that Neach, the Pasuk tells us, no, we'll get back to it, we'll get to it later. The Pasuk tells us, Vayasar Neach as Mirsei HaTeva. In chapter 8, verse 13, Neach removes the cover of the Teva. Where do we ever find God commanding Neach to put a cover on the Teva? But yet, there was a cover which Neach removed. He had a cover over on the Teva. Obviously, it's going to be a problem in its own right because it covered it, it covered the chalain, it covered the window, but it didn't. When the Almighty commanded him to make this teva, he didn't command him on every different thing. Things that Neach couldn't figure out himself. She wants that phone. She wants the phone. Neach couldn't figure out himself. That the Almighty commanded him on doing that. Therefore, we understand. When it comes to lighting up the Teva, the Almighty didn't need to tell Neach, you need light in there. When you're going to build the Teva, you're going to have to have light. That would have been obscene. That would have been absurd. Obviously, you need, if you're building a Teva, it's closed off from all sides. You're going to need light. doesn't know about oxygen here either, by the way. So how is it that Neach so Neach definitely understood from his own pale light candles, whatever it might have been to light up the Teva without God's commandment but with, uh, in addition to what Neach had prepared himself the Almighty compar- con- commanded him to do Tzayar, to put a Tzayar the Tzayar is an additional thing to add light into the Teva and therefore Rashi explains these two things. He explains it being a stone and being a window. Although there was no light in the world for the first 40 days, the light, the window only took precedence, only took effect after the 40 days. But let it start from there. But in the interim, interim, there was light inside. The extra light came later. What is the speciality of each one of these explanations of Rashi? By saying chaloin, window, the simple window, sayar ta'asel teva, something that had to be made into the teva, built into the Teva, so it makes sense, say the window. A window needed to be built in. 
when you say about a good stone, which is a whole different entity, then it shouldn't say Ta'asela It would say Tzeha Bring in the stone. If, another question, if you're saying Evan Teva, why did the Almighty have to command something that's so out of the question? To prepare a good stone just to add good light to this thing. It wouldn't, it didn't take, it doesn't have feasibility. On the other hand, we understand the Evan Teva has a flip side to it. First of all, because the window can only do one particular part, wherever the window is shining over, wherever the window is exposing you. Even if the window is used to add light, it also only came in from its only its one place. And when there was no light outside, it had nothing, no reason for it at all. But on the other hand, even better than the Evan Teva, with the Evan Teva you could roll around. You could take it to all different parts of the Teva. And light up wherever you wanted to light up. And even when it was dark outside, the Evan Teva also worked. Rashi though still brings first the Chalayim, because that is the main explanation, simple explanation that the Almighty commanded Neach to add, to add for extra light. And therefore it's understood, this explanation first. But understanding what was going to happen to the world, there'll be no seasons, there'll be no nothing, anything will be total desecration, totally demolition, total everything will be destroyed therefore he knew that there would be nothing going on outside, there was no reason for a chalein therefore the Almighty had to come to him and tell him even though part of the, the part of the punishment will be that there will be no light taka. still in all, I want you to make the, the, the window because it will be ultimately a light, it will come back huh? When it returns, to become Gishme Bracha. Yeah. Now, when we explain a pasuk according to Rashi, as we said, it's a simple explanation of the pasuk. We have the Chalain, we have the Evan, we have the reasoning for it. Why though? Bottom line, what does that affect us? How does that get into our daily life, first of all? And second, what is the Tata actually trying to derive from this? What kind of what deep thought of the Tata is affected by being a window or being a stone? The difference between a window and a stone simple without 
going into anything Kabbalistic. A window lets in from the outside. Takes the light from the outside. A stone illuminates from itself. From within itself. Now that stone can get dirty. When the stone begins to get dirty, when the stone begins to gather uh, whatever on it, its shine, its luster is gone. By shaking the window, and the window is dirty, the sun still shines through it. It'll shine better through it if it's clean. But regardless, it's a still it's a conduit for the light. This is our service to God. We are as a window. The first thing a person does, he needs to break through, take away to destroy that mechitza, that separation between him and God. What is a separation? It's a thing called nature. Teva. Nature disguises godliness. Nature emanates godliness, and nature disguises godliness. The truth of the matter is, if I look at it and I see even this table, or even this chair, even this light, even the wall, whatever it might be here, if I know and I look and I understand it's all from God, it's all godliness, fine. But the bottom line, the wall is here. The walls in my house have insulation of some part. <laughs> and therefore, because there's insulation, it keeps the hot out, keeps the cold in, cool in, and it keeps the cold out, it keeps the hot in. My insulation works the opposite. Instead of in the summer being hot outside and cool in here, it's the other way around. It's cooler outside than it is in here. <clears throat> and in the winter, it's also the opposite. It's hotter outside than it is in here. Um, but the bottom line, Teva, nature, disguises godliness. That's why Teva is the gematria of the word Elikim. Because although Bereshit bought Elikim as a Shemayim Vesaretz, God created the heaven and the earth, but He created in a form of Elikim, not in Yud Kei Vav Kei, but Alamet Hei Yud Mem, which is the same numerical value as the word Teva, Ha-Teva, because the nature disguises. When I look at it, and I see a major, magnificent waterfall, I, my first reaction should be, according to Teira Alocha, Marabu Masecha Hashem. How great is your work? What a masterpiece, God, you are performing. You have done here. You have made. But, when the person looks at it, and they say, look how nature flows. You only find water flowing down. You only find fire rising up. And this is the nature of the beast, the nature of the creation. This whole thing that we call it nature, this hides the fact, and it, it fools a person into almost thinking, God forbid, it's not directly from God. Therefore, says the Tera, 
make a chaloin, make a window, so that the light of godliness comes in and it raises above teva, rises above the concept of nature, so that we are not misconceiving, that we are not fooled, that we are not taking taking for granted this concept and thinking that heaven forbid this is not God itself. On the other hand, the Evan Teva we need sometimes to take though and not only understand that the natural existence of something is godliness we need to make the actual natural existence godliness. We need to take that stone and make it shine. Make it emanate godliness so that we see true godliness coming out of it. Because the truth is, in each and every creation, the only way it exists and re-exists and continues to exist is because there is godliness within it. We need to bring out that godliness that's within it so that the thing itself, the item itself, understands how it is totally permeated with godliness. The person, the working person, is brought down in Hayyemim as well, the working person sees Ashkacha Pratis on a daily basis, sees divine providence on a daily basis, because the person that goes out to work sees things that happen that could, it's just only God's hand could have done that. The person sitting in the basement, sitting and learning, doesn't see this happening on a daily basis. And these two methods of bringing godliness, seeing it in the Teva, and then making the actual Teva godliness itself, are the turning away, the taking or the peeling off, and the, and the absolving, not absolving, the nullification of darkness, so that it does not withhold the light. And not only that, but making the darkness light. Rashi uses the expression, Yesh Emrim Chaloin. There are those that say it's Chaloin. The commentaries on Rashi have a question. He should have just written the word, Chaloin Taset Latele. If the Tele wants to say, Tseyar means a Chaloin, he should have said, Chalain the Deva. Like when it says, when it comes to sending out the Erev, he opened the window. If the word Seyar has to mean Chalain, he should say Chalain. If we say that he is that Neach was commanded. To do the make this challah in order to maya to light to bring light into the teva, not to bring an air or anything else. Therefore, it's called a tsehar, which tsehar has to do with light, tsaharayim. 
sending out the Erev, sending out the, the raven, it says Chalein, because then it was used for a Chalein, nothing else. The fact that it says, Avonim Tevis Umar Goliath, and the Gemara and Pearls, Rashi only writes Evan Teva, not Margolis. Why? Simple. Bottom line: Margolis don't usually shine. Pearls don't are not a shiny stone. Avanim Tevis shine; they give off light. A beautiful, beautiful stone gives off beautiful, beautiful light. The word Evan Teva, by the way, according to Rashi, can mean many, 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 many stones. It's not necessarily limited to one. We got stuck without a story today. We'll make a very quick story. Then Marash had a tendency to do traveling randomly. He came to an inn. It's a very famous story. He came to an inn. And he came in and he saw two little boys sitting and he said, what are you waiting? Where's your mother? And the mother went out to the market to buy something. Where's your father? He went out collecting debts. And he said to the boys, do you know how to read yet? The first one said, he's learning Chumash. The second one, he says, he knows how to read. He says, Kum He sat down with them and he started to say Tehillim with them. And for a while, he sang along with them a beautiful melody, melodious flash fashion. The words of the Holy King David in his Tehillim. As he sang, the mother came into the house and heard singing. She looked, she had seen the carriage of the Rebbe outside. And she saw the Rebbe sitting with her children, saying Tillam, tears of joy were flowing down her face. Ultimately the Rebbe said, okay, that was beautiful, and he got up to leave, and he said, no, no, Kindalach, let's say some more. And he came back in and continued. To make the story very, very short, the husband came home in the middle of the night. Everybody was desperate with fear where he was. He came in and he said the story that happened to him, that he went to collect the debt by the guy, and the guy tied him up and wanted to kill him. And they realized that was the same time that the Rebbe was saying to him, and was saying very, very with very strong kavana, saying to Hillam, they realized he was saving the man from the goy. And the long story as to how he came out. And as the story comes out, finally the wife came in and the wife saved him. And she said to hide over here and he went to hide. And as he was hiding there, He, um, as he was hiding there, the man almost found him again, and that's when the, the Rebbe came back to say to him a second time, and ultimately he escaped with his life. But the bottom line is, we want to say that the people that needed a foolish name should have a foolish name of Kreva, and th- those that unfortunately left us this week should be good to better for us all, should stand in our stead. And for the Rufus name, we will repeat the names. Eliza Shlomo's bracha, Pasrachal Hinda, and Miriam bracha, Paschana.
to mothers of children that need a very, very strong blessing, very strong miracles. Um, just a shout out for the women, if the husbands are listening or if the women are listening themselves, Yud Aleph Cheshven Em Yat Hashem Teva, November 3rd, Monday night, we have a group of women going to the Ohel, we're not going Erev Chodesh, because we go Yud Aleph Cheshven Rochel Emeinah Jad site, which I believe we've discussed online before. At the moment, we'd like to sign off and say, May we find ourselves in Yerushalayim way before that, with the Melech HaMashiach in our front, leading us. Tell everyone Shabbat Shalom to all. Good Kodesh.